Hey everybody, this is David Rayburn coming back to you with PoopCast 2.0. I'm joined uh, again with the good Dr. McFerrin, who's a pediatric gastroenterologist at Riley Hospital for Children. Welcome back, Dr. McFerrin. Thanks for having me, Dave. All right, so last time we had over 100 downloads of the first edition of PoopCast. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel that the uh, GI tract is perhaps the most important body system that we all learn about here. So it feels good, Dave. All right, I'm looking forward to some good poop puns in this talk. <laughs> Um, as we talk about every time, we remind you, uh, GI covers about 3.5% of the board, so it's a medium-high range topic. IBD is probably a little bit lower, but it's pretty easy stuff um, that we come in contact with often. So we're going to talk about some irritable bowel disease uh, this time, um, specifically Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. So given those two, why don't we go ahead and talk about Crohn's first? What do we need to know? So when you're in the spectrum of inflammatory bowel disease, of course, uh, classically we're all taught uh, dealing with Crohn's disease on one end and ulcerative colitis on the other. Um, in regards to Crohn's disease, uh, important to understand that it can affect anywhere from the mouth um, down to the anus and anywhere in between. And that also includes what we call the extra intestinal manifestations of Crohn's disease, that being, uh, for example, um, erythema nodosum, uveitis and other things that can occur outside of the gastrointestinal tract. Crohn's disease also is uh, classically can be uh, patchy, um, and particularly in the colon, but throughout the GI tract as well. Uh, more commonly associated with growth failure um, and lab abnormalities uh, such as anemia, um, elevation in the inflammatory markers um, such as CRP, ESR, and even would expect to see a certain amount of thrombocytosis as platelets are acute phase reactive. In regards to ulcerative colitis, uh, ulcerative colitis, of course, as we all know, uh, affects only the colon. The um, lesions and inflammation are um, fairly contiguous throughout the colon. Occasionally, there will be a sharp transition zone from abnormal tissue to normal, but uh, for board purposes, it affects the colon only. Uh, also important to remember that Crohn's disease is typically a transmural uh, inflammation, um, which sets patients up, of course, for things like stricture and fistula, whereas ulcerative colitis uh, is not um, uh, transmural inflammation. But again, with ulcerative colitis can see um, evidence of elevation and in inflammatory markers, anemia, and so on. All right. Very good. Um, I know there's a typical workup um, when you're going down the path of IBD, um, what type of stuff is the board going to expect us to know as far as the workup is concerned? Well, I think um, most people uh, in most guidelines uh, recommend that you have to rule out uh, bacterial infection um, prior to diagnosing um, inflammatory bowel disease of any kind. So most importantly, of course, would be to rule out C. diff and to rule out uh, common enteric pathogens, for example, um, E. coli, 0157 specifically, Shigella, Salmonella, and Campylobacter. Um, once that is done, obtaining some screening laboratories to see if they are iron deficient, if they are have lupocytosis or anemia, hypoalbuminemia, and other findings that we can see in the more chronic causes uh, from ongoing gastrointestinal losses. And then ultimately, if the labs um, support the diagnosis and the stool studies for infection are negative, uh, the gold standard uh, diagnosis for both types of inflammatory bowel diseases, upper endoscopy and colonoscopy with biopsies. All right. Any utility in uh, SED rate and CRP? Mm -hmm. I, I think there is uh, some utility, though, of course, um, SED rate and CRP can be elevated in a number of conditions, viruses, 
uh, bacterial colitis and Crohn's and colitis, but I think um, it's another piece to the puzzle. And, and as you try to build evidence for the need for an endoscopy and colonoscopy. All right, that's really helpful stuff. Why don't we talk about management options for Crohn's and UC? What do they think we need to know about that? Well, I think um, classically and historically, the um, mainstay of management, at least to achieve remission status in both diseases, is the use of corticosteroids. We use commonly to get patients better quickly um, because of the significance of their clinical symptoms. Ultimately now, um, as gastroenterologists, the goal is what we call steroid-free remission and using steroid-sparing therapies, those therapies being immunomodulating drugs such as azathioprine and methotrexate on up to um, biologic agents um, such as infliximab, adalimumab, and circulitimab. So in summary, really, typically starting with steroids and then move on to drugs that um, interact with the immune system to calm the autoimmune phenomenon that occurs. Steroids fix everything, let's be honest. I, they certainly seem to, you know, some people say that nobody should die without a course of steroids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. That's, I mean, this is really helpful. I think that this is going to definitely help people get a few extra points on the boards so that they can just differentiate the two and know how to work it up and know how to treat it. So this is really great. Apart from UC and Crohn's, what other types of things should we keep on our differential for colitis? So for colitis in general, I think you have to um, you have to keep in mind the inflammatory bowel diseases. In addition to um, bacterial colitis from E. coli, Shigella, Salmonella, Campylobacter, also remember that um, some parasites, for example, Cryptosporidium, can appear with bloody diarrhea. Allergic colitis and eosinophilic colitis is another thing uh, to consider. Uh, particularly in younger children, um, and would certainly be on the differential in this. Good. All right. Just uh, another thought, kind of last minute. Is there an age range that we should be thinking about for Crohn's versus UC, or can it kind of start at any age for these kids? Um, it starts at any age. There's no necessarily, not necessarily um, any differentiation age-wise between Crohn's and colitis. And, and much like many autoimmune diseases across all body systems, we're seeing Crohn's and colitis earlier now, even under the age of two and three. Um, so just important to keep the possibility of both of these diagnoses on your differential diagnosis when you're talking about someone with chronic abdominal complaints, weight loss, fatigue, um, extra intestinal manifestations and the common lab findings, including anemia, hypoalbuminemia, and elevated inflammatory markers. I think that's a great point. Is a lot. I think a lot of the question stems for Crohn's and UC or just IBD in general are probably going to give you abdominal pain, some weight loss, diarrhea, um, and then also you can get bloody diarrhea in both. Correct. Correct. Uh, for example, ulcerative colitis, classically, of course. Most patients with Crohn's disease won't have bloody diarrhea, but will have more weight loss and nutritional findings and abdominal pain. However, there are a subset of patients who actually have Crohn's colitis, which can present with uh, significant bloody diarrhea and appear to be clinically quite similar uh, to ulcerative colitis, but um, biopsy tells the difference. Excellent. All right. Well, you guys, that should be what you need to know for the boards about IBD and uh, Crohn's and UC specifically. We always appreciate Dr. McFerrin's help and look forward to uh, PoopCast 3.0. All right. Thanks for having me, Dave.